just cold. Greetings. Greetings what? from Planet Fuck Off. Oh. Die in a fire. What's that planet all about? <laughs> fucking off and die in a fire? What are you fucking saying? <laughs> stupid piece of shit. But, man, you've been real angry on the podcast lately. <laughs> I was going to say I was in a real bad mood yesterday. I wonder if it came through. <laughs> Definitely on the philosophy part, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can tell me shit. Except for that was what I was saying. <laughs> I guess it wasn't even my, my point at that. I don't know. I just. You're all saying the same, same shit and no one's getting anywhere. So fuck off. Die of fire. They're saying different shit. It just doesn't help anyone. I don't know. They're just saying the same shit in different ways. Nah. Yeah. There's a little bit more nuance to it. Yeah, but not much. <laughs> I mean, there's complete different schools of uh, ontology and stuff like that. <laughs> um, YouTube uh, recommended me a Saturday Night Live skit. That, uh, it wasn't actually, Celebrity Jeopardy? Because if, if it wasn't Celebrity Jeopardy, then fuck off and die in a fire. No, but it is actually, I actually thought it was pretty funny. It's, uh, I'm going to have you watch it now. All right. It's, so go to YouTube and search for, uh, SNL Undercover Office Potty. Hold on, it's a world, world, uh, Wonder Woman clip I got to watch first. What? You don't have ad block? No, I don't. Oh, you crazy, man. Well, at some point, I hope to be supported by ad content. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't care. I won't ever support myself. <laughs> I got two stories to tell you after I finish this, this skit. VHS Cole. Oh, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so it's incredibly juvenile and it's just, you know, shit humor. But <laughs> Yeah, shit humor is always funny, though. Yeah. If, you, if you do it right. Well, it's um Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett, obviously, um, one of their skits, which don't often make it to air, unfortunately, because I do actually think they're pretty funny. Uh, but <laughs> it's just his line delivery. Uh, it smells like regular lamps to me. <laughs> <laughs> Am I fired? <laughs> With that part, I really good. <laughs> <laughs> What kind um, of business? I've been too busy going to the bathroom. <laughs> what are you working on? Um, the voiceover said it would save time for business. <laughs> um, the, there's a, uh, Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett and some of the other dudes that they, the like comedy group they were in before SNL, um, scalped them. Uh, they made a movie called Brigsby Bear, which is, um, I won't. Oh, it, yeah. I've heard that. I haven't watched uh, that. Good things it's, about. um, pretty funny to me. I don't think it's probably funny to a lot of people, but it is really endearing and an interesting movie. I recommend, uh, Kizza says, check it out. Kizza says, go fuck yourself and die on fire. <laughs> no, I don't ever say that. I'm <laughs> the cult leader. I just love bomb everyone. No, that's how, that's how it ends. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, that's how it'll end, but that's not how it starts. <laughs> yeah. It ends with you fucking yourself and dying in a fire. And we're taking everyone with me. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, they're fucking themselves and dying oh, yeah. in that same fire. 
Well, with that in mind, this is VHS Cult. I'm A Kyle 47, uh, the king of Christmas cheer. I'm PX93QRTUV. Go fuck yourself. Dying fire. Oh, I'm Sean. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. What are your two stories? Oh, uh, so I oh, there was an episode of Horrors I watched with my wife. Um, mm-hmm. Where the woman hoarded um, uh, pee pee and poo poos, her pee pee and poo poos, and like little plastic bottles in like the whole house. Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense. There's no reason for it. Don't question yeah, it. Yeah, but usually they have a um, a reason that's justifiable to them for why they do things. There, they had a septic tank and it was overflown. They had filled it all the way up, so like you can like literally the toilet had topped right. So there's yeah, no but more. You poop. get it emptied. No, you know, you can, you can Kyle, that <laughs> was overflowing. What do you understand? Okay. And so you pee and poop in the bottles and they filled up all their house with the pee and poop in the bottles. And so wow. now they're like peeing and pooping in like this giant like dish tub and they're just taking it out front and dumping it. Um, that's old school. It's Victorian <laughs> era stuff. So. Hey, I'm, that, that whole thing reminded me of that. The other thing I wanted to, um, I was going to say, if you in the Victorian era, era, if you were wealthy enough to have your own piss and shit tub, you're on the top of the pops. So those people are in great company. Historically, <laughs> yeah, but they didn't keep it. <laughs> well, yeah, they're throwing it they, out. They throw it over the. They throw it out over the, you know, from the second floor balcony. Yeah, this is not what those people do with their tub. Don't they empty it out after they had already filled their house with a bunch of plastic bottles of poop and pee. I mean, that one's yeah. That's not too Victorian. That's a little bit more Elizabethan. <laughs> uh but the other story was when i worked at a, a call center job um there was a team leader meeting that i was was told about where it was brought up that everyone needed to shower and use deodorant on a regular basis because of one particular person <clears throat> but you know they yeah. didn't single anybody out but they had a group meeting about hygiene because of one particular team leader <laughs> Yeah, I've had that, there's been a few like memos or emails that have gone around to most of the offices I've worked in with uh, that sort of language in it, and everyone always knows who it is. <laughs> so, to me, it's weird that like no one ever just straight up says something like, boss, <laughs> like yeah, you, you know what I mean? You're a stank. I mean, you can say it to him in a polite way, but it's basically it's not really a polite way to him. say that. Yeah, it's like, come on, man, you just you need to shower more. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really polite. You know what I mean? There's no way that the person doesn't get offended. That's why everybody tries to do that passive aggressive. Everybody's got a problem. Yeah, but that doesn't work because the one person's like, well, certainly it's not me. Yeah, I, take, I, I, ta- I shower three times a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've drenched myself in perfume. How could they tell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Covered in Axe body spray. How would they ever know? Well, I was living in a Christmas town. Didn't know it was a Christmas town. Oh, Lord, really brings me down about Christmas town. All my friends were Christmas elves. Didn't know Christmas elves. Oh, Lord, holly jolly in the Christmas town. <laughs> That's my remix of Devil Town by Daniel Johnson <laughs> called Christmas Town. Do you like it? <laughs> I think it got a hit on your hands. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. I think we should do an entire Daniel Johnson inspired um, Christmas album. Christmas takes 
a long time. <laughs> Christmas will get you in the end. <laughs> Santa will get you in the end. Oh, that's even better. Santa Claus will get you in the end. Santa's pictures on my wall. <laughs> Red and white. Hell yeah, I love Daniel Johnston. I'm not trying to make fun of Daniel Johnston, but there could be a great Daniel Johnston Christmas album. I'm surprised he never did anything like that since he was um leaned quite a bit into like his the, the childishness of his his mind, you know. That's interesting. <laughs> As do I. If I was ever wealthy, I you know how people are like, oh, I'm gonna collect Monet or blah blah blah. I'd get Daniel Johnston's originals. Not me, I'd get one of like every kind of cookie in the world and try it. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> I thought of, you know, yesterday you're asking for a show to watch while you worked. I thought of a pretty um good show for you to watch the aside from Peep Show. Peep Show is pretty good. But there's a show on Netflix called Norseman, which is Oh, um, yeah, the the Viking one, right? Yeah, Isn't it in like uh, Norwegian? I don't know if I can No, they film it in or... they film it in Norwegian and English. Oh, okay. So you can watch it in English. Um and it's basically just uh, the Viking Age, but if everything was as mundane as it would be during the Viking Age, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like eight weeks of of sea work and like one, you know, like three hours of battle. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the mundane the day shit of Viking culture, and it's it's pretty funny. It's really funny. It's very dry humor. So I'd recommend checking that out. Um, in addition to that, I would recommend checking out uh, Phoebe Bridgers did a cover of one of the best Merle Haggard songs, If We Make It Through December. I'd recommend everyone check that out. Uh, so that's for this week. Uh, that's what Kizza says. Uh, check it out. <laughs> check it out. Check it out. Uh, it being Christmas time, we watched um, a Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, but, oh, yeah, this one's a Christmas. All right. Oh, man. You can see Christmas trees in the background and stuff. <laughs> A Christmas tree features quite heavily in one scene. Yeah. It's uh, Invasion USA from 1985. Terrorists. America has not been invaded by a foreign enemy in nearly 200 years. Their target, America. Their objective, control. 18 hours from now, America will be a different place. Now, only one thing stands in their way. It's time to die. They wanted a war. See you in hell. He gave them one. Send me a postcard. Chuck Norris Invasion USA uh, uh, Chuck Norris really showing his writing chops here A one man army comes to the rescue of the United States when a spy attempts an invasion um, That's I think that's even being a little bit lenient with what the story is because the story <laughs> the film was actually um a series it's it's um you, series of terrorist attacks trying to no it's just a series of explosions that chuck norris while it wanders through <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh you're right i was giving him far too much credit. <laughs> yeah that's, you're giving him too much credit <laughs> there's um a russian guy in it and some cubanos and uh 
the explosion the drug trade <laughs> well i like the film opens with um uh, a starkly realistic depiction of uh, america's immigration policy in the 80s and today a little bit but i mean like cuba's not that far from florida so how are you guys starving already well, d- disregard that aspect. It's the Coast Guard comes across some desperate refugees, murders them all to get a but, stash of cocaine, and then they're like, yes, we can now turn this into crack and destroy the black community. <laughs> Although they're not the Coast Guard, they're Russians, right? It was a Russian mercenaries. No, they're the Coast Guard. They're the regular Coast Guard. No, the one dude is the Russian guy. <laughs> no, that's just the regular Coast Guard. No, it's not. It's a Russian guy from the entire movie. Uh, you mean the the Robert Redford from the future, but in the past? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that man's name is Richard Lynch, sir. <laughs> but yeah, if um, yeah, yeah, the Russian guy's there, and they try to make it seem like it's terrorists doing it or whatever. But that's just the regular Coast Guard. <laughs> I don't believe the Coast Guard's involved in, in shooting anybody because you know what I think of the Coast Guard? Just a bunch of wusses. I don't think they even let them have guns. <laughs> you don't trust them. Actually, they let, like, fucking mall security have guns in the United States, so the Coast Guard probably has it. <laughs> they probably have surplus military hardware at this point. Yeah, so this is a legit Canon film. Um, beyond it just being distributed by Canon, this is a, a Golan Globus production. So this is this is the real the tippy, shit. Tip top of Canon. Yeah, this is the cream of the crop. They The Canon group made Missing in Action with Chuck Norris, uh, which did incredibly well. And at that point, Chuck Norris was then signed to a six-picture contract with Canon. <laughs> and this is the Wait, what year is it? 1943? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely old studio shit. But this is the first one in that six-picture. The director is Joseph Zito, who also directed Missing in Action. Uh, then he did Friday 13th Part 4, the final chapter, but not quite, which we watched on Twitch, you'll recall. Uh, famously, he also made another slasher movie before that called The Prowler, which is very low-budget indie slasher riding off the coattails of Halloween like most other slasher movies. But um, I think it's kind of cute, so we'll probably watch that one eventually. I won't talk about it too much. But that's Joseph Zito's claim to fame pretty much. <laughs> and he definitely fizzles out after this film. And uh, we'll get to why in a second. We're going to kind of breeze through talking about this movie because it sucks <laughs> this is no lone wolf McQuaid, huh no god no like as far <laughs> as in russian invasion movies uh obviously red dawn is the gold standard <laughs> yeah uh this i mean this one has a lot of non-stop action it's just not very good and there's no characters in it it's like i said it's just two men wandering from explosion to explosion <laughs> <laughs> until one final explosion one day during filming, Joseph Zito, our director, was told by a PA that Menachem Golem was on the phone wanting to talk to him. And Zito said, ah, shit. Because <laughs> uh, Golem's known to be quite frugal, slashes budgets, um, doesn't know anything about filmmaking. So he took the call anyways. But to his surprise, Golem was delighted with the footage he had seen so far and gave the production an extra $2 million. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> what? He's, I love the explosions. <laughs> I can't do an Israeli accent. What's an Israeli accent like? I am here for my Israel. That is, that's as close as I got. That just seems like Yiddish, like old country sounding. Is that what they I, sound like? I'm pretty sure. Like, isn't that kind of what they sound like? It's got to be like some weird hybrid of Yiddish at this point. Right? What does uh, Gal Gadot sound like? Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> I've only ever heard her speak in Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> she sounds Greek or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, after the film was finished, though, Cannon completely removed all the story elements and background characters in the editing room in order to concentrate on Chuck Norris and the action. So that's why uh, it's not a movie so much as it's a series of exploding set pieces. <laughs> and even as a series of exploding set pieces, it's still 20 minutes too long. It's fucking 40 minutes too long, I think. This shit's I was like... Tr- again, I'm being really generous. This yeah. This, movie. <laughs> this is this is an 80-minute picture at, at most, and they're going with like almost two hours ridiculous when i saw when i launched this shit on hulu i watched it legally for once <laughs> i mean I why not was, you already have hulu yeah i saw it was an hour and 47 minutes i was like fuck this bullshit because i know that the, as soon as when you start a canon film and it's over 90 minutes you know it's gonna be terrible oh i know like a chuck norris action movie i was settling i'm like this is gonna be like an hour and 20 hour and 30 tops and, this, and mm. it's just gonna it's gonna whip right past and I'm like nope we're in for a fucking slog well if you recall lone wolf mcquade's about an hour and 40 minutes but it's actually a good movie it has like characters and dialogue and shit <laughs> it's got david carradine also the sound mix on hulu was fucking terrible did you watch it, it on Hulu? Yeah, I watched it on Hulu. Yeah, it was so bad. All the dialogue is so fucking quiet, even the score. And then, like, every, like, fucking gunshot was ten times as loud. So terrible. Whatever transfer they use is god-awful. Um, yeah, I'm guessing the original audio is probably not very good either. I don't know. I haven't seen it on TNT since I was young. <laughs> or TBS. So, like, there's not any characters in this movie, but we'll talk about Chuck Norris and Richard Lynch a little bit, I guess. <laughs> Eventually, we'll watch one of these Chuck Norris movies, and I'll go over just like how lame he is in general. But we'll, for this one, we'll just stick to the lame stuff involving this film. <laughs> so Chuck Norris, as we all know, he high kicks for Jesus, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's what he says. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it though. Um, you know, it's always like who's the toughest like '80s stars or whatever. Chuck Norris could like beat the shit out of Stallone or or, or Arnold, you know. Cause well, I mean, no, he was a legit know. karate champion, right? Yeah, they don't know how to fight. <laughs> you know, maybe Rocky or Stallone knows a little bit about boxing from Rocky, but like he can't beat Chuck Norris. <laughs> John Claude Van Damme could beat Chuck Norris. Uh, sure. <laughs> you got to pin your hopes on that, Belgium. I mean, John Claude Van Damme's kickboxing champion, and also he's just—he looks way stronger than Chuck Norris. Steven Seagal was afraid of him. Afraid of Chuck or Van Damme? Van Damme, right? Isn't there the famous thing where like uh, Van Damme was making fun of him, and Seagal tried to call him out, and then Seagal just ran away, basically? Probably that sounds like Steven Seagal because Steven Seagal does Aikido, which is not a real martial arts. (laughs) Whoa, Kyle! He's got a lot of. Chi? Yeah, he uses his powerful life energy to flip people over or whatever. He does that fake martial arts shit. Yeah, um, I mean, Van Damme would fuck him up, man. I know Van Damme's a weirdo too, but like, at least he did an actual combat sport, you know? And he he do the splits like a crazy man. <laughs> He's very proud of it. He can still do it. He'll show you right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd love to see it. <laughs> I'd love to see it. If I if I'm ever wealthy, in addition to um. Getting Daniel Johnson originals, I'll hire John Con Van Damme to do the splits whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a Christmas party. Van Damme's got someone give me hire Van Damme on the phone. I'm hiring him. Yeah, he's in, in the corner doing splits all night, <laughs> naked too. So you do the butt cheek no, scene like in rid- Time Cop. Ridiculous! You got He's the doorman. No, he announces everyone and then does the splits. Uh, does the splits between two chairs? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, Chuck Norris and his brother Aaron were both involved in writing the uh, script for this film. You can't tell. <laughs> you you think it was like, it was like a real writer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Norris, uh, let me read. Norris said he got the idea to make the film after reading an article in Reader's Digest that said. Holy uh, shit. Hundreds of terrorists were running loose in the United States. <laughs> I thought, boy, that's scary, he said. What if some guy on the order of uh, Khomeini or Gaddafi mobilized those guys and started sending them out to every major city? I know it's going to happen. And even in the movie, the head terrorist says, it's so easy because of the freedom of movement in this country. So we're really accessible to this. The movie is not meant to scare people, but to make us aware of a potential problem. He, so he predicted, predicted 9-11. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> we, I want to go back to the Reader Digest part for a second. No, well, Nothing good can ever be gleaned from Reader's Digest. I just love that like the boomer that Chuck Norris is read like a scare article on Reader's Digest. I know, it's so like, perfect, right? <laughs> this shit is real. <laughs> we got to make a movie to warn the citizens of the United States. <laughs> it's like peak 19, It's like peak 2020, but it's 1980. Five. Well, nothing's changed since Reagan is what we've learned on this podcast. Yeah, so this is a raw, raw American propaganda bullshit film, um, and I hate it. And now you know why, because Chuck Norris is a fucking idiot who believes some dumb article in Reader's Digest. <laughs> He's like, and that's why we can't have any Cuban immigrants, because they're all terrorists. Oh, I'm going to try this uh, recipe for rum raisin bread. <laughs> He did perform most of his own stunts, including the scene where he's hanging off the side of a pickup while it's driving through the shopping center. So I guess that's pretty tight. That's like um, Jackie Chan, but for babies. Jackie Chan could probably beat up Chuck Norris, even though Jackie Chan doesn't have any combat training either. He does the uh, theater kung fu, you know? It's the kind that's not for real. It's more like dancing. It looks great on film, though. Oh, boy, does it. Chuck Norris pushed for Whoopi Goldberg for the role of the reporter, but was overruled by... Oh, that would have been way better. Yeah, he was overruled by Joseph Zito, the director. Uh, No blacks! (laughs) Despite the film's success, Norris vowed never to work with Zito again over the dispute. And he didn't, and that was also kind of the end of Joseph Zito's career, because he pretty much only had the relationship with Cannon. If Chuck didn't want to use him, Cannon was like, all right, we don't have anything for you to do, bye. Uh, All over fucking Whoopi Goldberg? Yep, he doesn't like Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi! Oh, I guess she wasn't the the star attraction at this time in 1985, right? She hadn't done Ghost yet. <laughs> <laughs> Had she done Karina Karina yet? I don't know. She certainly wasn't on The View. <laughs> That's 30 years away. Uh, yeah, so then we also have Richard Lynch, which is uh, similar to the portrait of Dorian Gray. He's the portrait of Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> All the evils that Robert Redford committed were transferred to this man so that he looked like 70-year-old Redford when Redford was only 50. <laughs> he does look like he's, you melted 70-year-old Robert Redford a little bit. Well, he, That's what Robert Redford looks like now, is the, the big wrinkle man, which is what happens when you have red hair. So I'm looking forward to when I'm a wrinkle man, too. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you don't get a lot of work done. Yeah, you just melt eventually. Only cool thing of note here is Richard Lynch and his crew of bad guys actually blew up a real residential neighborhood during shooting. Uh, it was slated for demolition due to expansion of the Hartsfield Airport runway, so the Atlanta Film Commission gave the Cannon Group permission to blow it up. So they actually got to blow up a neighborhood. That's fucking tight. I like to think they did it by accident. Like, oh, oops! That's like some Christopher Nolan shit. He would love to do that. But if we, in Christopher Nolan's case, he would want there to be uh, the, 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 the uh, neighborhood to still be full of Polish immigrants. Also, um, the sound mix would be just as bad. 
<laughs> yes, it was. Check it out. The film debuted at number one at the box office with six point nine million dollars. You believe it? Believe yeah. That shit? Yeah, I can. Because you know why? Box office has always been bullshit. Yeah, it's probably just you know slow weekend. We got Invasion USA. Chuckster's in it. Let's check it out. Slow weekend. No, slow weekend is like last weekend, twenty twenty. <laughs> Uh, 1985. That was a, that was a popping weekend. They just don't make movies anymore, which is great. Everything's on Netflix now <laughs> or Hulu. Can watch um the Happiest Season, starring Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. <laughs> Kicked into it. Kicked into it. Allison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, three dimes and a penny. Mary Steenburgen, four dimes. Four hundred. No, I said three. <laughs> three and a penny. Four dimes. Is that misogynist to call women dimes? I don't know. You did it. Yeah, but it is because it's a it's a based on their looks, right? And their tens, their perfect tens. Oh, but uh, the ten ten scale for me doesn't uh, have anything have everything to do with looks. So you know what, Kyle? That's not that's it doesn't matter what you personally believe. Oh, oh, but I like them for that's their like... acting and performing abilities, and they're all very beautiful. But like you know, it's mostly just because they're fucking fun to watch. I guess I'll You're clarify them. No, she's fucking cool, man. Nah. I don't care that she's in Twilight. It's funny. I don't to care watch that she's Twilight, in Twilight man. either. <laughs> she's fucking cool, man. Um, Roger Ebert gave this film point five zero point five stars out of four and called it a brain damaged idiotic thriller, not even bad enough to be laughable. When he's right, he's right. <laughs> man, you said it, brother. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Washington Post wrote, Invasion USA might actually be fun in a campy way if it weren't so dourly exploitative. What and a called, rag. And called Norris uh, an actor whose most evocative facial expression is his beard. <laughs> so that's pretty badass. <laughs> this is before Washington Post was owned by Jeff Bezos. No, they've always been a little rag, though, Kyle. Bezos oh, just turned them rag. into like a uh, center left. <laughs> More like uh, center-right technocracy promoting a rag. Ooh, biting. Ooh, money, money, money. Everything most is most important money. facial expression is its money face. It's soy mm. face. Face don't have no soy face. You know he's not eating soy. Soy face. Yeah. I know, he's just fucking, they're just he's non-stop getting... PPEs. TRT, non-stop. His plasma injections, non-stop. He's like, look at me. I used to be a nerd, but now I'm five, six old man with biceps. Mm-hmm. That's going to be someday, <laughs> except for not five, six. The only person I follow on Twitter is my wife who divorced me. <laughs> oh, is that true? Yeah. I don't pay attention to that shit. <laughs> yeah, well, people always uh, dunk on him about it because, yeah, he would be one of those guys. He's like, look at me now. <laughs> I've, look at how powerful I am now. You left me. Look at my biceps. Uh, all right. Here's um the most interesting IMDb fact I've ever heard. You'll probably find this incredibly interesting too, because it's um well I'll just I'll just read it to you and you'll be really blown away. You ready? Oh man, I'm ready. Uh, based on the boar's head patch seen on the left shoulder of the brassard of the military policeman at uh, one hour twenty four minutes oh twenty four seconds. <laughs> The soldiers taking part in the making of the film are either from the Georgia Army National Guard or are extra using surplus National Guard paraphernalia. The same patch can be seen on Koyo's left shoulder, played by James Pax, at 1 hour and 6 minutes and 10 seconds. Though it looks like there's an airborne tab above it, which means the uniform originally came from a soldier from Age Company, 121st Infantry, airborne, long-range surveillance. 
There's no indication that was faxes over the military, so the uniform is likely surplus. <laughs> Damn, that's a fucking that's some exciting information. Why didn't your head explode? I was trying to make it explode. <laughs> this dude's like, man, why did why have my wife and I had sex in ten years? <laughs> Benji, bro. Why isn't she- I'm sorry, he has two children and he has the, the DNA test to prove it. <laughs> why is it? Why does my wife love me? I know so much about fucking U.S. military, military patches. I, I gotta God tell you, I gotta, let me leave a secret about broads. Broads don't care what you know about nothing. <laughs> yeah, I do. They care about um, how good you you are at uh, sexual activity. That's different. Oh, you don't talk to them about that shit though. That sounds weird. You do when you're like in a committed relationship. You want to try new stuff out. You ask them what they're into. Yeah, but again, that's different than being like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about the uh, 69 position based on, or turn it into a fucking Wikipedia article. Actually, <laughs> like, one time. Like Ready Player One. I remember one specific time where, like, um, one of my girlfriends wanted me to talk her through, like, my technique while I was eating her out, and she thought that was pretty hot. So, in your face, it happened one time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you showed me. Yeah. <laughs> as far as we know, one time reach, in the history of the world. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, uh, obviously, it wasn't like a um, super, uh, like, Wikipedia article. You know, it, it wasn't super serious either. You know what yeah. I mean? It was more erotic. Yeah, but, it wasn't. It wasn't academic. <laughs> I just think anytime someone talks, you know, like, a, like that, the Wikipedia article shit, or brags about how much they know about anything, it sounds stupid, which makes it really hard to do this podcast sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I usually don't mind if like the person is like passionate about what they're talking about. With most things, I mean, if it's someone something someone's passionate about and they're excited me to tell tell me about it, even if it's something I'm not interested in, usually I like I'm like, oh, okay, cool. They're interested. They can make it interested. Yeah, but when it comes to this shit, like you're talking about, where you, yeah, it's just like a series of informational sentences that mean absolutely nothing to me, like a textbook. I'm just like, I don't, man. Who the fuck we care about that? And I honestly, I don't even know if Dave Chappelle could make this paragraph compelling to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like Dave Chappelle being, I, in my opinion, one of the great orators of our time, right? Uh, I don't think he could make this paragraph about military patches interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to him. Let's see, let's give it a whirl. Yeah, can you turn this into a, like an interesting like um, j- joke of some sort? Uh, just you know, an anecdote of some kind. <laughs> just, just make me not hate it. Uh, so that I think that IMDb fact actually encompasses um, and our reactions to it encompasses my feelings about this film. The movie fucking sucks, except for the bazooka death. <laughs> Which one? There's a lot of bazooka deaths. Well, the one at the they end. They go crazy. Like we got bazookas. Yeah, when Richard Lynch gets blown out the window and you see his smoking legs flying in somewhere. <laughs> I like. Uh, I do like the uh, bazooka standoff. The bazooka gunslinging at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Time to die. Um. Yeah, I don't have uh, too much else to add. Actually, I didn't enjoy this movie at all. Um. I liked the part where uh, it was like Chuck was like, and after all these years wrestling gators, <laughs> still cry when I think of what you said to me. <laughs> Papa was rodeo, mama, mama was rock and roll, roll band. band. I oh. play guitar, rope or spear, steer, rope it's steer. not a spear. <laughs> For I learned to stand 
Home was anywhere with diesel and gas. Love was a trucker's hand. Never stuck around for one night. One night stand. I said midnight stand. Damn it, man, you suck at singing. I don't know. You suck at singing. Yeah, so that's the really cool song by Magnetic Fields. Probably one of the sweetest, most um, and we campy songs of all time. Yeah, go listen to the regular version. <laughs> I liked at the beginning of the movie that uh, he had a little uh, older gentleman friend with kind of a snazzy style. I thought that was there was going to be a carry through from uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid. No, there's no characters in this movie. He gets shot <laughs> immediately. <laughs> um I was thinking when the movie first started and they're showing how awesome he was as an airboat driver. I was like, there's going to have to be like the most. Oh, airboat chase. Yeah, but there wasn't really. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. That fucking sucks. Yeah. That was a major missed opportunity. You know, I have a way better idea for a movie. Explosions out in the bayou, like alligators flying in the air and shit. (laughs) (laughs) So here's my pitch for uh, for like a not. This idea, it's inspired by... Oh, also, they didn't lean into Chuck Norris's karate like at all in this movie. This no, is he does a, like one kick and he like blocks the reporter from slapping him. That's about it. Yeah, this is like just a gun movie. Why did you hire Chuck Norris to just shoot guns? He's got to... There's got to be karate involved, too. God damn it. <laughs> That's why Walker, Texas Ranger is such a success. He's not <laughs> just, mostly karate. Yeah. <laughs> you can't shoot people with a revolver on like PBS or whatever, so... You gotta do karate kicks. PBS, PBS would not fund that shit. USA, was it? it was UPN or something. It was <laughs> the USA Network. Oh, was it? I'm pretty sure it was um, syndicated, wasn't it? Yeah, meaning whatever network bought it or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. What's your idea for a better version? So, uh, picture the same kind of setup. Essentially, there's someone that's gonna do some massive terror attack in the U.S., but they're hung up on this one dude that you know got him a long time ago. And that, that's going to be our hero. He, he lives out in the bayou doing gator stuff, fan boat <laughs> stuff, real fan boat stuff. But basically the whole movie is we got to get this guy before we start the operation or it's not going to work. And so the entire mm-hmm. movie is just trying to kill him. So it's like a ninja attack in the bayou. Yeah. A fan boat fight in the bayou. We just got to think of a bunch of cool action scenes. What if we uh, did some uh, product integration, made it a G.I. Joe movie, and it was Leatherhead out in the bayou? And uh, the 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 remnants of uh, Cobra are trying to defeat a older sort of Leatherhead. Leatherhead's no, this is not what's his name? Leatherneck, Leatherhead. You know the guy with the tattoo on his chest? That's a Marine from the the South. Oh, sh- it's not. It's not. Is it Leatherhead? Leatherhead's the Gator from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, word. That's. I mean, you get it. <laughs> you know the guy that's got so the best. He's yeah, got I know a vest. He's, he's always got to dismiss me over here. <laughs> yeah, he's like Jesse Ventura and Predator. Right, he's like Roblox friend. I yeah. don't remember his name though. Was it Leatherhead? Might have been Leatherhead. Fuck me, Kyle. Why would you do this to me now? Yeah, Leatherneck. It's Leatherneck. Uh, word, because that's like a military slang term for the Marines. Word. All right, yeah. Wait, Leatherneck is, is a GI Joe, but that's not the guy you're thinking of. Oh fuck. Oh well, maybe it will be Leatherneck then. <laughs> is he <laughs> the one that's from the Bayou? One of them's from like the Bayou. I don't think it's this guy. It's the other guy I'm thinking of. Fuck. What's the dude's name? Gung Ho? Gung Ho. It's Gung Ho. Oh, even better. That's a way better <laughs> name than Gung Ho. Oh, yeah. Man, how can we get so bad at G.I. Joe names? And why would we remember? <laughs> it's, 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 I'm, I'm just... A, t- ten-year-old yeah. Sean is really fucking pissed right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, so he, he's from a large Cajun clan. That's what it is. Well, yes. I mean, yeah, I didn't remember his name immediately, but I could describe him accurately, and I remember he's from Louisiana and lived in the Bayou and shit, so... 
I'm remembering G.I. Joe well enough, I think. So anyways, yeah, now it's the G.I. Joe movie. Gung-Ho's, he's an older Gung-Ho. The G.I. Joe's dissolved because they thought they beat Cobra. Cobra Cobra Commander is actually alive, and he's ready for the big, the only thing that's standing in his way of Gung-Ho. Gung-Ho, yeah, and so he's got to send in ninjas first, right? So right, you Storm, Storm Shadow, Shadow gets to be in Well, it. first, it's actually got to be the Dreadnoughts first, right? Well, yeah, because they, they hang out in the body and shit, too, or whatever. It won't be and like the it will be like the leftover dreadnoughts though, like Zartan and is dead or whatever. But now they're led by uh, Zoran. Zandar. No, Zoran is dead too because you know, she has was more capable. It's Zandar's stupid ass. Oh yeah, the bow and arrow one, right? Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, we got lasers. Yeah, well, you're shooting a bow and arrow. Stupid <laughs> fuck. Yeah, so it's that fool and like um, Torch and Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> and Ripper's gotten real fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're the first ones, obviously easy to kill. Then yeah, Storm Shadow. He's a little bit old now, but he's got some new ninjas. Um, then eventually, uh, it's it, he'll, Cobra will have to use like some some new ass troops, right? <laughs> the, the latest wave of bats. <laughs> yeah, now we got some new toys for <laughs> Hasbro. Fucking <laughs> Hasbro, hire us. We just yeah. ready to move in. Someone get me Mister ha- Mister Mrs Hasbro on the line. Yeah, and we'll fuck it. We'll even do like a after credit scene that ties in with Transformers. <laughs> that way you can have a shared universe. Yeah, no problem. And it seems like Cobra's uh, defeated, but um, oh, secret, he's actually still alive, and he goes down in the basement. And guess whose head's down there? It's fucking Megatron's head. Boom. Megatron. And there you go, man. Fucking the billion Thank dollars. Thank you, to Larry Hama. Billy do- billion dollars right there billion dollars and then it turns out most of the gi joe's their code names get passed on so you get a new duke a new letter <laughs> a new dookie <laughs> a new, new 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 dookie no one wants to be duke anymore <clears throat> all right so i'm glad we talked about gi joe because i didn't have anything to talk about for invasion usa i hate it <laughs> uh yeah, ditto so far the christmas, only thing good about it is it made me think of a gi joe movie yeah so far christmas season off to a bad start <laughs> Uh, you've been keeping up with Mandalorian, correct? I have. Uh, so what's the deal? Yoda clapped Yaddle's cheeks in the... Uh, <laughs> made Grogu. Made Grogu, Grogu, yeah. Grogu. <laughs> That's my take on it. They stank up the Jedi Temple. Oh, you know it stinks. Those two swamp monsters <laughs> yeah. going Ooh. at it. Ugh. It's Ooh. like a little sticky. <laughs> uh, the, um, so, so much mucus. I haven't watched any of the Mandalorian yet or anything, right? But mm-hmm. one of my big complaints when I saw Force Awakens in theaters was I was like, damn, it's crazy how um everything that happens in this vast galaxy seems to happen to like the same group of people, right? Yeah, well, this is like a different group of people. It's a group of people from the Clone Wars cartoons plus a Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, but then it still incorporates shit from the prequels and Yoda and blah, blah, blah. And so there's been people praising like all oh, the depth of lore and bringing in rebels and Clone Wars and shit. And I'm like, my, I have the exact opposite feeling. Is like, oh shit, nothing can happen in this galaxy if it doesn't perfectly line up with the the same fucking storyline, huh? Well, not yeah. only that, but like, doesn't it? I feel kind of feels like this Mandalorian shit kind of ties into where the the Force Awakens and the New Order and shit. So like, it's not even that. I don't know. Can we have something that's just not connected at all? No, you can't. It's so the galaxy is so big. <laughs> exactly, but no, everything everything involves the, this same group of people and the the, the satellite groups. I mean, he apparently he meets the who, someone who was the apprentice of Anakin in the Clone Wars. Oh Wars yeah, cartoon. yeah, it's a, it's man, blah. that's that's the most bullshit I have. Like, <laughs> I don't care about any of that bullshit. <laughs> My daughter loves uh, uh, Ahsoka from the Clone Wars, so I, I can't say too much bad about it. 
And like Rosario Dawson plays it, right? Yeah. That's cool. I like Rosario Dawson, but I it's just like I, this is why I knew it was a good idea not to keep watching Mandalorian because <laughs> I knew <laughs> it was just gonna be this stupid shit. And then people like there's people on here like now you have a reason to watch Clone Wars and Rebels and like what the fuck I do. <laughs> 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 you can't trick me, Disney. <laughs> Uh, I already know what happened. Yoda and Yaddle stank up the joint, made a little Gragu. And that means he's also like, what, 40 million years old or something? 100 years no, old? No, he was, he, was, he was 50 years old already. They said that. Oh, so the timing does line up? The timing does line up. Oh. And this takes place like five years after the return so of the So not Jedi, only does everything happen to the same group of people, it all takes place over the same 50-year period. Yeah. Kyle, it's like 60, 66 years at this point. <laughs> Man, they just fucking no one's no one just no, no one has any ideas, huh? <laughs> what's your what's yours? Pitch me, pitch me a Star Wars. Alright, um it's the Mandalorian, but it's gonna be some weird sex shit. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean there'll be weird sex shit. I mean what are the the Twilights in the series for anyways, if not to be sexy. Yeah, but they can be, they have to be sexy, but like they can only allude to it. Oh, well, no, this one's hard R. So this is for kids. No, this is not this one. I, they're never going to do a hard R uh, Star Wars movie. Keep kids don't mind. give a fuck about Star Wars. It's all 30-year-old Nick Beers. Yeah, but that, you got to keep you got to keep the dream alive. No, this one's hard R. It's basically uh, it's Jabba's Palace, but not Jabba's Palace. It's the same sort of idea. Take place anytime, any place in the world. It's more like Deadwood than anything. Main character is Twilight Prostitute, fucking Mandalorian Gunslinger, who uh, has had his genitals blown off. <laughs> So he's dealing with uh, what it means to his masculinity and that sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> on all this other weird I, I, It's here, got right? all the Star Wars elements in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm taking from Hemingway. I'm taking from John Waters. You know the the real the the, the ballast. I think Star I read Wars. the sun also rises differently than you. <laughs> well, that's the big thing is um he's uh, he's he's, he's a Mandalorian gunslinger. Yeah, yeah. He's wounded in some way that he no longer feels his masculinity feels impaired. Or is it all in his head? Oh yeah, and they'll be bullfighting. But since it's um Star Wars, <laughs> it'll be like space Rancor. Bulls or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know what it is. Oh, and then we can incorporate um story of the eye elements into it a little bit too. <laughs> You're really, yeah, they're really gonna buy go for this one down, isn't it? Hell yeah, man. I, you know, I well, I, I, I wear my influences on my sleeve. That's what I'll say in my interview with the Entertainment <laughs> Weekly. Yikes, <laughs> man, that'd be. I kind of want to like just make like an independent comic and put it on the internet. <laughs> Check it out. This is my this is my idea for Star Wars. What do you guys think? <laughs> Mandalorian Gunslinger with his, his mutilated genitalia, <laughs> prostitute. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It sounds interesting. But uh, they're never gonna do it, and it uh, it's only interesting because of how um, well it's interesting. Adult in, it is in the Star Wars yeah, setting. You know what I mean? It's interesting in the same way like Outlaw Comics in the '90s were interesting, where it's just like how far can you push it? <laughs> oh, the edgy '90s. But it's uh, not edginess to me. It's I I just you know what is taboo? Huh? Nothing to me really. <laughs> I can what never. Is, what are tattoos? They're the you, like ink you know, drawings on your bodies, permanent drawings on your bodies. I can never be a political figure. I don't think. Not like a, a mainstream successful no. one. No. You could probably be a mayor of some weird town somewhere. Somewhere in Alaska. Mm, Colorado. 
Ooh, Colorado. Colo is rado. <laughs> All right. Well, since it is Christmas time, I've been watching Christmas stuff. Tonight, uh, I queued up, ready to go. Love Hina Christmas special. I forgot that existed. I'm watching it. <laughs> oh, man. Love but, Hina. Um, When's the last time you actually locked watch Love Hina? You were really into that show. I don't know. I actually downloaded the entire series, the OVAs and the two specials uh, last night. So maybe I'll I want to say. Thing. Two Christmas ago, maybe last Christmas, Christmas, I almost bought you the entire thing on Blu-ray because it was on it was on sale. But I didn't know if you'd actually watch it. Oh, I yeah, I would watch the shit out of it for sure. <laughs> I like I, I've um like I said, I wear my influences on my sleeve. Even like the things that should be like your oh your secret like uh, guilty pleasures or whatever. I don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> like fucking yeah, I love him. I'll watch that shit. I watched Chobits again like last year or something. Why not? <laughs> You know what's crazy about Chobits, and I didn't realize when I was first watching it, but um, the 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 studio that made it, Clamp, they made Card Captor Sakura, and they were well known for being um a female driven studio, and then they made Chobits, which was pretty um horny. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. That's cool to learn about. And I was like, all right, I get it, I get it. It's a <laughs> level of horniness I can understand. Yeah, I mean, like when I like shit, I like shit. I don't usually, I don't like feel guilt or embarrassment about it. That's why, I like, not me. Whatever. Nothing but shame. You like Star Wars? Star Wars sucks. That's why I think you're a loser. <laughs> Star Wars sucks. Watch cool shit like Love Heena Christmas Special. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know anyway, what? I have a, I had a desire to watch recently, but I probably will never actually get around to it. Is Tenji? Tenji Moyo? Tenji Moyo? I was thinking about that too because we got like Tenji the movie for Christmas one time. And I was like, maybe I should rewatch that and see what, um, like that, what the, what that sort of feeling like is. Oh, I'm also going to watch Gun and Wing Endless Waltz because that takes place on Christmas Eve. Oh, does it? Yeah. yeah well. I'm mixing it up. I'm doing different things with Christmas this year. Oh, you know, that actually I was going to put together like a, a, a Christmas cartoon special, like an advent calendar thing. Maybe I'll do that and try to get it together before. The Better hurry up. You got like two days. Yeah. Maybe I'll start putting it together tonight. We'll see how it goes. Hell yeah. And if you do, let me know because I'm down to watch cartoon specials. To finish off the podcast, though, uh, I, I, um, about this time of year, a couple years ago, something, uh, funny happened to me. Something strange. And, uh, I kind of like didn't think too much about it at the time, but something reminded me of it, uh, like last night and the night before. And I was thinking about just kind of how weird it was. So I'd like to recount to you <laughs> a date I went on a couple of years ago. Requires okay. <clears throat> quite a bit of backstory. Uh, I went to like a early Christmas party at my friend's house at one point. And this friend is like some dude I had met at one of my jobs who um, came from a pretty wealthy family and didn't necessarily need to have a job. He just kind of did it. So he's seen normal. <laughs> I don't understand. Explain it's uh, so he didn't have to have a job because um his and he decided to work at a money. call center no this was at um a deli oh my <laughs> god that's even worse <laughs> yeah so he didn't have to work because he had money but uh he did anyways for some reason i think just to like seem like he was normal maybe to interact with like other people his age or something but anyhow he was like all right, guy, for a rich kid who was completely unrelatable, right? <laughs> um, but like, I uh, happened to like kind of stay in touch with them, and like, I saw him like maybe once or twice a year. 
But anyway, I went to this Christmas party because <clears throat> I was like, I got to see what his parents' house is like. I got to see like what his friends were like. You know, <laughs> yeah, like scope this shit. What's that other half with? I'm gonna steal an ashtray. Yeah, it was for, for legitimately like I I got to see what I got to see how these people are living. Yeah, so I go to the house or whatever. It's a pretty big house. They have a nice ass pool. You know, it's they're not like billion. They're not the one percent, but they're the ten percent, right? So they just got like a nice ass Arizona house out in like the Ahwatukee foothills and that sort of shit. And then, yeah, there's just like a lot of, you know, wealthy white people there and shit. Uh, but my friend, he has, um, uh, oh, I guess he's a white boy to get that out of the way. He's a white boy too. You already described that family as white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, but he's got a girlfriend who is, um, a, a Korean American woman who also seems to come from a very wealthy family seems incredibly sheltered you know just like a rich sheltered conservative sort of asian girl you know you've you've met him before i don't mean to stereotype or anything but you you kind of get the idea right you know doesn't even necessarily have to be asian but you've met like rich white girls that are just kind of like fucking weird because they only know other weird rich people (laughs) (laughs) but um anyhow like uh i got to like talking to her one-on-one and she asked me about the 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 scars i have on my face uh, obviously listeners don't know but i have some scars over my right eye one of them is pretty prominent and if you like talking to me close you can see the other ones that are like around my eyebrow and so she's asking me how i got them shit and like i told her story right and um she was like completely enamored blown away like i was like some mythical figure that i somehow been adjacent to crime at one point you know what I mean? <laughs> like you stepped out of the wild wild west or some shit yeah exactly like so she was blown away and she mm-hmm. was, yeah, a real white herb figure mm-hmm. yeah so the rest of the night she was um i don't it was she was spending all her time with me I, it was pretty weird right she was like wanting to keep talking to me about my life and you know, the simple <laughs> shit. You know? I, I know too much about your life. It's not that interesting. It is not at all. And the thing too is like I I know listening to the podcast a lot of times I talk about the darkest part of my life and it makes it seem like oh I'm I'm just like gangster criminal. I'm not. I'm just like a working class kid that um wanted to be a hood rat and sometimes got in trouble. You know what I mean? It's not like anything crazy. But to her it was like oh fucking. I didn't know that I don't know people like this for real sort of thing. Uh, but so whatever, anyway, she, um, she's dating my friends. Obviously, I don't know if she's like interested in me for herself or whatever, but she like gets my number and blah, blah. I forget about it. Go about my days for the next couple of days. About a week later, um, my friend texts me and he wants me to go on a double date with her and her sister. Right. And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah it seems weird right and then but i'm also like the same sort of curiosity that got me to go to the party i'm like well i don't know i'll check it out <laughs> i'll see what it's like right but it ends up being like a trap they uh they just tricked me into going to dinner oh with shit sister. and they bounce right i hate that shit well no they weren't even there it was just like i roll up and it's just me and the sister and the sister's got some excuse that they had to go do whatever and i'm like all right well this is gonna be fucking weird now right but that's so funny. Why the fuck did anybody do that shit? Anyways, proceed. Um, so uh yeah, dinner ends up being pretty weird. She basically uh does the same thing her sister did, where like she's just asking me about how I got the scars on my face, like, oh have I ever like shot anyone? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like weird shit. And I'm like, fucking no. <laughs> I've seen the wire. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's just um 
it was, it was like well, so <laughs> it was just weird but then um i like nothing ever happens like we text a little bit after that obviously like i'm not gonna ruin her life by like dating her or anything <laughs> it's like that's how i felt at the time it's like it's kind of how i still feel now where if i'm gonna date someone this at this point in life it's got to be someone i'm pretty serious about and like there's no way we were gonna have a normal relationship i don't think so we texted I know, it, sounded, it sounded like it started off on the right footing <laughs> it's so we texted for a while and it just kind of fizzled out and i didn't ever really think about it again until uh like last night or the night before like i talked to like people about it when it happened but i didn't think too much of it or whatever but i was thinking about it last night and i was like they're really like fucking we're just like treating me like a spectacle <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you you kind of treated their the whole them like a spectacle too. So it's a two way street, but um, the power dynamics are a little bit different. Well, it's just interesting to think of. I guess that's like the most um, disparate experience with class I've ever had. Is like uh, for some reason last night when I thought about it, I was like, oh, that was like a pretty stark. Um, two classes buttoning up against each other sort of thing right and i was like man that's pretty fucking weird and so uh copyright copyright tm gonna make a movie about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know it's weird like because it's like i've we've obviously always gotten to school with people that are similar economically and stuff to me always worked with people that are similar economically to me and blah blah blah. and like i was when uh, in the, in Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet, when Romeo and his gang are gonna break into the Capulet party <laughs> and see what that's all about, that was like my attitude going into it, going to the party is like, well, <laughs> let's see what this is all about. <laughs> and you met your Juliet. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, man. Um, she was only about five foot one, was the big problem. And she she was about five for one, made weighed like maybe ninety eight pounds. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> my dog's bigger than that. Yeah, it was like, oh, I'll accidentally kill you if we have sex. He's such a big, strong man. He's so dangerous. That's probably what she was thinking. Danger, danger, danger. Oh, danger! Watch yourself. Yes, yeah, so I didn't um have like the uh, the meta. Or the 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 the, the wide scale view of the events as it was happening, but I I wish kind of wish I did because I think I would have enjoyed it more because it's just like such a comical situation. Would you gone on further dates? Maybe like what if I married? You try. Like, got to try to get her to make buy you a sandwich or something. Yeah, like what if I married a rich girl? I, I just like don't see it working though. Like first of all, like I the conservative nature of her and her sister leads me to believe that probably her parents would be upset just that I was a white boy and then also to be um not wealthy I think would be a problem right yes I would imagine because they had success for no prospects of success yeah they had some nice ass cars that's interesting to think about I mean I I was living in a devil town and didn't know it was a devil town I thought it was a Christmas town no, this is this is back when it was a devil town. No, it's Christmas. Oh, no, it's Christmas. Town. <laughs> yeah. So after after devil October thirty first, it's slowly more to Christmas town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, so that's my story. It was, the, it was the most harrowing time of my life. That's how you know how privileged I actually am. 
Oh, <laughs> time <laughs> <it> was <laughs> an awkward date you went on one time. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed, Monsieur. Indeed, sir. Indeed. <laughs> you ever shot anybody? You shot anybody? You know, there, there's like other people who've asked me that before, too. It's like, what? No, why Why do I? I, don't, I honestly don't think I give off the impression that I'm like. That you've shot somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no. 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 You also, start telling me like, you, you did. No, because if you shot someone, you're not going to tell anyone about that shit. <laughs> Real G's move silent like lasagna. Don't you know the song? Jeez. Come on, man. Jeez. Come on, man. I've, lasagna ain't that silent. It's bubbly. It's cheesy. I've heard, I've heard lasagna make sounds before. It's because the letter G is silent in lasagna. I know. I know. <laughs> we had this exact same argument on the podcast once before. Oh, we did? Yeah. Uh, we got to stop the podcast. So we can't nah, re- just wrap it up. We're done. Fuck can't it. be recycling material. Oh, we've done it a couple times. I also didn't have a punchline for my date story. I thought I'd I get thought to you it. did. I thought I'd get to it at some point, but nah. Just, uh, I just tried a few of them. I like, oh, it's the most harrowing event. Well, you know, I just tried out a few punchlines. I don't. I'm usually just workshopping stories on the podcast. <laughs> if you ever meet me, <laughs> trying, to real, get, trying to get to your type five. Yeah, if if you ever meet me in real life, I'll have a tighter version of that story. <laughs> There's gonna be at least two punchlines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that mostly is um, just because I'd been thinking about it, and also to avoid having to talk about Invasion USA, the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, what yeah, about I really cannot stand Chuck Norris. Like, just what are you doing up there? I'm, he's his best. He's <laughs> he's doing his best. Aren't you getting beat up by Bruce Lee? I don't even think he was doing his best in this movie. There, he there was a lot more. He he had the um, <coughs> um, a monochrome of charisma in Lone Wolf McQuaid. <laughs> this one he's just kind of saying lines, sort of. He's whispering them. <laughs> uh, it's time to time to die. I'll take the job. Uh, first time, help me with this gator. 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 First time I started watching this movie, I fell asleep, and I thought it was just because I was like full Turkey. Thanksgiving and like you know ready to go to sleep. But no, I started to fall asleep several times watching it again. So this is not very good. Sorry about that VHS cult. Can't win them all. Next this week, we, next Kyle's week. Fall. Yeah, next week will be much better though, because uh, guess what day it'll be next week? Um, oh, garbage day! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're watching Silent, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> watching Silent Night, Deadly Night two next week, which is really just kind of like Silent Night, Deadly Night one. <laughs> yeah, it's basically it's a real Evil Dead sort of situation. They just redid the first one, but I guarantee you it'll be better than Invasion USA. Not in competence of filmmaking, but it'll be more enjoyable. Than yeah, the sound, the sound film. mixing will be better, maybe. And we'll, like next week, hopefully there'll be another revelation on Mandalorian. We can learn who's Sheik's got clubs. <laughs> we gotta learn Grogu's last name though. Oh, what's Yoda. the Mandalorian's name? We don't know his name. Yoda doesn't even have a name, last name, does he? I think it's Yoda Yodison, isn't it? What? <laughs> <laughs> they use Petrum Petrumic naming. I would assume so. Patronic name. Patronymic. God damn it. Fuck that word. Uh, Yeah, so go to VHSCult.com. It is spelled K-V-L-T, like black metal. Um, VHSCult.com. 
we got two podcasts now. Uh, check them out. One for the bros. And- Wait, one no, the one. <laughs> they're both dude. Both for both dude rocks. Podcasts. Both for the bros. Rocks, now that you know, yeah. they're they're both for the hosts. Yeah, days. that's true. I don't like out there for you. I don't like other men very much. I'm it's kind of the hoes out there. I'm a misandrist. So You're Missandra from Game of Thrones. Missandy? No. Melisandra? Mix mix together two names. Putting them together. No. Oh. I'm terrible with names. I don't know if you've if you've met me. Hey, I'm I'm Sean. I don't remember anybody's name. Uh, rate and review both podcasts. Um, follow us on iTunes or some shit, or do whatever you know what I mean. Fucking do the things, do that shit. Whatever you do, other other podcasts tell you to do. Other successful podcasts, you should be doing that for us, but twice as hard. Like and subscribe or whatever. Hit that bell. Tickle that bell icon. (laughs) Was there a bell icon? Rubber dick against the bell icon. If you got a touchpad, touch your genitalia. That works, I think. Right. I've not tried it. I assume it does. Can you use know. your penis as a touchpad? Don't know. Never tried it. You should. You give it a whirl. Let me know. Yeah, I'm down for whatever. I'll try it out. I guess I'd say it. Merry Christmas. Happy See you Hanukkah. next week for more Christmas adventures. Now nah, we. <laughs> this isn't a polytheistic podcast. This is. <laughs> this is. Uh, this is a, s- a sensational Saturnalia. <laughs> No, this is just, uh, it's actually a, a non-theistic podcast in general. We're not celebrating Christmas in the, uh, the, the Christian sense. It's more just winter solstice and you get presents and food and shit. And there's lights. Except for the shit part. I just presents and food. Hold the shit. Hold the shit. You know what the worst thing about new Christmas movies is? Is they're all very romantic and shit. I've never had a romantic Christmas. Bullshit. <laughs> I don't think it's real. <laughs> not once. What's your idea never. of a romantic Christmas? My honestly, my idea of a romantic Christmas is just getting all fat and cuddling and watching movies. Actually, yeah, there was one like pretty good Christmas season with my most recent ex girlfriend. Where like, yeah, we were just smoking blunts, drinking vodka mixed with squirt, and watching Christmas movies, and, like having a lot of sex and just cuddling on the couch and shit. That's pretty romantic, and that's kind of actually at the height of ro- romanticism for me. So, yeah, I'm not a hardened police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just it won't ever be the same. Actually, um, I don't know. I just uh, I remember dating my last girlfriend, and I was like, well, when we break up, I'm probably not gonna date anyone again. It's like the the mortifying ordeal of being known, right? You know, which everyone talks about. I don't want to. I don't, I don't like getting to know people anymore. <laughs> I don't like feeling vulnerable. So it's like, yeah, I've I've done it. <laughs> I guess I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seems like too much work now to like get to know a new person. Oh well, well whatever. <laughs> VHS just ended on a real down though. Thanks. Yeah. Fuck it. Merry <laughs> Christmas, you fuckers. Dying a fire. Yeah. Merry Christmas, piece of shit. I hope your tree burns down. <laughs> <laughs>